Hello, and welcome to Marking Out with My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And sometimes chat makes not jokes, and you know what? I'm okay with it. Right there on the screen. We can't get away from it. I know it is. It's right in the middle of my screen. <laughs> yep. So anyway, how's about Double or Nothing 2021 there, bud? How's about it? Yeah. I think, think it might be uh, the best pay-per-view since sliced bread. i sure about that there? Pretty sure, actually. It was a great pay-per-view. <laughs> it really was. Thank you, Aitsu. <laughs> okay, so I've got a 1080 monitor over on this side, and you're about three quarters of the way down the screen so far. Oh, well, no, it's just, it's not on the stream chat, though. It's like, chat, I know, chat is... But it's so, still on mine. Okay, you, you could deal with it. <laughs> Fucking I don't wanna. suck it up. Uh, so. Fuck something. I assume a milkshake through a straw because we're wholesome. No, a beer. Okay, well, gotta call it something that's not beer so we don't get beat down by the Bezos police. Isn't he in space yet? God, I hope he doesn't come back. <laughs> I swear, he's gonna go up there and say, I'm the richest person in space, and all of a sudden a fucking alien oligarch gonna show up and we're gonna be in a war. Yeah, an alien oligarch who goes around to planets and scans all of the life forms and then mines for copper and then fucking dips. God, what kind of jerk would do that? <laughs> a traveler. We've been playing a lot of No Man's Sky. I've been playing 80 minutes. I don't know if that counts as a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. I mean, like, I, I've been enjoying it. That's what I'm going to do after... Uh, after we finish streaming. Yeah, so, probably same, actually. Let's start. You already know our thoughts on the going home show before Dynamite. Yeah, before, and before, how rad all that was. Because we were live for that. So let's talk about the NWA women's title match. Holy shit. Holy shit, that was the buy-in! <laughs> this was added the Wednesday before the show. And it was... They fucking killed it. And, like, you got to see Serena Deeb putting Riho into, like, dozens of holds. You got some real heel energy from Serena Deeb. Because, like, nobody in AEW is gonna boo Riho. Oh, really? We, no. didn't, we didn't really talk about this. The crowd at Double or Nothing. There was a crowd at Double or Nothing. The there was a huge crowd. Okay, so you know all those times for the past year where we've complained that things didn't feel right or, you know, stuff was kind of starting to drag? Oh, we just need a fucking crowd. <laughs> 
Yeah, as it turns out, having a crowd there will uh, really change the tone. 5,000 people just shouting stuff makes everything more exciting. Exactly. I'm looking forward to when they can start doing shows with bigger crowds, like, on the road. I know they're going on the road now, so, like, I guess they're only going to states that are completely open. Yeah, so they're doing Florida, Texas, and North Carolina right now. They could probably also do Illinois now, because Chicago is completely open. Chicago is booked for, I want to say, All Out this year. Okay. It's either All Out or Full Gear. I can't remember which one. I'm trying to think. They could probably, I don't know. Let's let's pick another place in Chicago, in, in Illinois that they can go. Peoria. Schomburg. Neither of those places are somewhere I'd want to go if I was a wrestling promotion. <laughs> I go to Schomburg every year. What are you talking about? <laughs> anyway. Aaron, we're not talking about Adepticon. I know. So anyway, this match was... it. Okay, so this match was electric. Because mm -hmm. the crowd was electric. Mm-hmm. It's really where we got that first taste of what the night was going to be like with everyone there. It was just, like, there was there were so many, like, really good technical moves. I hope that, like, they can keep doing this NWA women's title thing on AEW, because, like, Serena Deeb is very good, and she... Yes. Yeah. Serena Deep isn't the NWA Women's Champion anymore. Who'd she drop it to? She lost it to uh, Camille last week on NWA Power. Oh. I think it's Power. Then. Or was it the pay-per-view? I think it was the pay-per-view they did. I don't remember the name of the pay-per-view. But yeah, there's a new NWA Women's Champion. Neat. So we might get to see more. That I would, would love fun. to see Camille get some time on... AEW, totally. I'd love to see more women get some time on AEW. Yeah, that would be real Hopefully fucking great, but we're not here to talk about that right now. Hopefully with the second show, fingers crossed, TK, hit me up. Hire... We'll be the announcers for it. <laughs> we No, we won't. If there's anyone that they should hire to be the announcer, it's Rita Scott. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, there there's also just... an all-women's NWA pay-per-view coming up. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. So th I'm going to stop matches... cutting you off now. Okay, thank you. Are you going to do it again while I'm saying no, this? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this was a really fun match to watch because it's been, a, like, you know, seeing Riho at a pay-per-view, seeing Riho with a crowd because she's very over with the AEW crowds. There was, like, a whole fan fest for this and everything. Like, it was as close to back to normal as things have been for the wrestling world in a long time. Yeah, definitely. It was... It was a sight. And, like, for the people in the crowds, they're there at their own risk. You know, like, I just hope that they choose to isolate but odds are if you're choosing to be in a big crowd like that you're probably also not choosing to isolate i haven't heard any word on like 
outbreaks tied to the event because you'd think something like that would get blown up yeah fingers crossed you know they, they did everything they could and hopefully they don't get burned yeah no i, I mean like i'm just thinking about it like so new jersey right now is at 70 percent of people with at least the first dose phenomenal so is ontario <laughs> finally <laughs> but yeah uh, but ontario's done a lot more first doses and a lot fewer second doses definitely yeah we've been pushing off the second doses here although emma's appointment did get moved up to the 30th i'm having my fingers crossed mine can so maybe we'll some trips across the border this summer when biden and if mine gets bumped up it'll be closer into august okay so maybe for the fall maybe for fall yeah maybe we can have a bonfire for halloween I have a fire pit. <laughs> That's fair. So anyway. Anyway. <laughs> now, we get to the opening match for the pay-per-view. <laughs> JR gets his little JR special song. Because he's JR, they just do that. And then we have a match of the Machine, Brian Cage, versus Hangman Adam Page in the most confusingly last-named match of the night. <laughs> but what a way to start. Oh my god, what a way to start. First of like... all, first of all, Taz on commentary getting razzed mm -hmm. on a pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. Second of all, Brian Cage coming out in his stupid little Terminator outfit. It's wonderful, and you know it. I mean, I it was fun. I actually genuinely enjoyed the fact that he came out in that outfit. Like, oh it yeah, was, it 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 was exciting. It was silly. It was exactly what wrestling is supposed to be. It didn't take itself too seriously. It acknowledged that this is all about fun and spectacle and wearing mm -hmm. Party City Halloween robot armor to look like Cyborg <laughs> from Teen Titans is exactly that. And then Hangman Adam Page came out and oh my god. Hangman coming out was deafening like we had volume control and had trouble keeping up with it <laughs> yeah because the people love hangman adam page mm-hmm he, he's the top baby face of the company that there's no question about that so we got a lot of cowboy shit chants yo i missed those <laughs> Um, we got some JR-isms, like yeah. how he called um, Hangman tougher than a $2 steak. Yep. It, everything felt right. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good. And at the, and the, to go along with this, um, Daly's Place is an outdoor venue, so you got the sun shining and everything. Mm -hmm. Oh god. And this match was at golden hour. 
and Hangman so looked, looked gorgeous. So good. He looked. He had, he did have a shiny butt. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we specifically watched this pay per view with like the the Polycule General chat, which mm-hmm. meant this was the first time that Ray watched wrestling with us. They are hooked now. <laughs> yep. They have a crush on every boy. But like no, gender really. and these sorts of crushes. Oh there's... god, wait till wait till uh Kip Saving comes back. Oh my god, that's a good point. <laughs> no, it's like exciting and like we got someone new into wrestling with this. This was like it shows how much a crowd can really take a show mm-hmm. to that next level that has been missing for over a year now. Yep. So, you know, I... As much as I think it's maybe a little premature to have crowds back, it was nice to have them back for the pay-per-view. Yeah, there's a little bit of anxiety watching that many people that close together again. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to go away for a few years, really. To be perfectly honest. I think I'll be okay after a little while but like it's mostly just getting reaccustomed to it there is a bit of anxiety watching your face uh erica is drunk i assume i'm gonna guess that but also yes i have anxiety looking at my face yeah that's what are you gonna do about it we're fucking we're we're trannies that's how it works (laughs) Damn it, cat! <laughs> Could you not have used the other word? <laughs> Fine. We're transsexuals. That's how it works. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to Paige and Cage. <laughs> do you want me to take that a third time? No, no, I don't want to see what you'll do a third time. <laughs> okay. Well, Erica got the third one. <laughs> God damn it. We went full triple T here. So, in this match, we also had the hint of Cage going face a little bit more. Yes, because Team Taz comes out to help him out. And Cage does not want their help. No. He he throws away the FGW title that was passed to him by Starks. He tells Hook to get lost. And it ends up costing him the match. You know, Page mm-hmm. comes out on top, back in the top five. And afterwards, they're having a little bit of uh, an argument in the ring with Starks pointing out, don't hit me, my neck is sore. (laughs) Yeah, which leads to Hangman getting the buckshot lariat and the three count. Yep. Out of five stars, what do you give that match? Four. Uh, How many fractions of stars are we going? Oh, geez, we're getting to fractions? Yes. You can go up to a ninth. What? Aaron, don't make this confusing. I, I'm gonna do <laughs> You're halves. You're fractions. I'm gonna do halves and quarters. Okay. I have like maybe a four and a quarter. Okay, yeah, four and a quarter is good. It's not it like a barn burner match. It opened the show. It opened the show hot. Yep. I mean, like. It's the kind of curtain open you really want because it gets everyone going. That's a similar rating to what I would have given the the um the buy-in. 
Okay. I think yeah. both of those were like top tier matches. Um, I give Hangman's face at Golden Hour five out of five stars. I give the Machine Brian Cage's machinery four point five stars. Okay. And the rest of the match four and a quarter. Okay, but the Asai moonsault that Hangman did to the outside, that's six out of five stars. Absolutely. <laughs> I've seen some stills of that. It's like, oh, that, he that's was something you can get printed. He was so high up. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I mean, like, first of all, he's going down to the outside of the ring, so he's already pretty high up to start with. But, like, with the spring up off of, like, he was, like, it felt like he was in the air for so long. Yep. It was incredible. And I think we touched on this during the live stream last week, where with the crowd in place, um, they have less room at ringside to work, it looks like. Yeah, so one of the things that I noticed is they still had the wrestlers on certain sides of the ring. Yep. Which I think is generally just kind of a good addition to the way that you should be doing shows. Yeah, you know, one, you get, like, the lower uh, tier guys out there. So the dark and the dark elevation people, you can get them out there, and they get noticed more. Mm -hmm. But also, they can lead fan reactions a little bit. Right, they're they're set up and primed to... They're Okay, so, like, when you go to, like, a comedy show or a taping of something, like, I don't know... The, the Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. There's always a warm-up comedian. Someone to, yep. like, prime the audience. This, like, having the wrestlers there ringside is a great way to prime the crowd. You've got people who are, in, a, in effect, being paid to be hype about stuff. Yep. It makes the crowd more excited. It just it, it it works, and you've got spots you can do because they are trained performers. I think it's like a best of both worlds kind of situation. I, I like I know like AEW kind of a little bit set this up with um that time ages ago, two years ago now, where they had the Rock and Rollers by ringside, and they did the spot. Like, they had Ricky Morton do his spot. Oh, the Ro Rock and Roll Express? Yeah. <laughs> That's the one I meant. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express, and Ricky Morton does his little spot, and it's like, Yay, Ricky Morton, you're ancient! Why are you still doing this? And then we come to find out he's just doing it. Like, this yep. isn't a one-time <laughs> appearance. He's just wrestling still. He still wrestles a pretty decent schedule. If by so decent, weird. You mean a very, very, like... He wrestles on the indies, like, most weekends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really freaking cool. So anyway, I like, I think that, that addition also, it definitely leaves some buffer space for social distancing and stuff like that to make sure that the wrestlers are still relatively safe from COVID. Yeah, no, there is a side of the ring now where the wrestlers are safer to go to. Like you said, you have 
trained professionals there who can do spots, which they mm -hmm. did take advantage of on this show. And it worked really well. Yeah. And you get a little bit of fan interaction too. Like uh Fuego del Sol was given a sign by a fan that the sign read basically like make Fuego all elite. Mm -hmm. And it's just covered in signatures <laughs> of fans and wrestlers alike. <laughs> Everyone wants Fuego to get that contract. I want Fuego to get that contract. I think at this point it would be hilarious if he didn't. Me in a mean way, but it would be very hilarious if it's okay, we're on tour again. Thank you for your services. Bye. Yeah, like that is entirely up to management. I think it should at least be offered if Fuego doesn't want to take it and wants to do his own indie thing. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, he's a big name now. Yeah, much bigger than Joe Alonso. <laughs> who was Sammy's other friend who showed up for two weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, then... um, like, I mean, like, there's there's a lot of people who've come and gone over the course of mm -hmm. everything. Uh, Suge D was there for a while, and then... Yep. Lady Frost was there for a couple tapings. Yeah. Lady Frost is with NWA now, so... Um... What else? Willow Nightingale's there now. Yep. <laughs> She's so cool to see. I know, Just I'm very always. excited. Willow is always so excited and happy. She's one of, like, the... I don't know. Like, I know there are the wrestlers whose gimmick is that they're always smiling and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But, like, Willow seems just genuinely really happy to be there. <laughs> I, make the I make the connection every time I see her. When she comes out, she, like, waves at the camera. It's like, she looks like Dragonite from the original Red and Blue. <laughs> That's Sprite. You've got the like, I love sprite. it. Okay, yep. you know, Willow has, like, really, really adorable, like, puppy dog energy where it's like mm. everything is really exciting for her and I love that uh, it, it's just it's it's great um, between this episode I, I, between sorry not to immediately jump onto a tangent did we talk about uh, the uh, the life of Edith Surreal on Haven't the show yet, yet? Okay. no because Willow was also in that Yes, for the funniest interaction I could have ever thought up. <laughs> There's a lot of very funny moments in that. Oh my god. It's, it's so good. I mean, like, it's very... It's very open and honest and refreshing. Mm -hmm. And also, Edie talks a lot about fonts. Yes. <laughs> which, like, I get it. I went out and bought, like four display fonts the very next day which i've been you know batting around to produce new logos for chicks with dice thinking we might maybe look at putting up a new logo for this show and for unsand theories eventually but you yeah know, totally are... they're less priority because they already have logos so i mean everything already has logos it's just you know I want to spiff them up. I want to do try my best to do some design work and create something neat. Totally. And I, I can't wait to see what you come up with. I mean, we've already got a shirt idea. 
Yes, we do. <laughs> Speaking of, I did pre-order the new Edith shirt. Good to know. Uh, let me pull up designer. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to tell a funny story while you do that. Please do. And that during the show, they want to have like a Galentine's night. So they rent a room at this hotel, but it's a couple's hotel. You have to be a couple to get in, like, romantically. So they told them, yeah, the four of us are polyamorous lesbians. <laughs> and this is cool. We have lots of partners, but it's just us four showing up for this. <laughs> and I'm sitting here listening to this, like, okay, for the future, all you have to do is say, we're all together. <laughs> That's the actual poly response. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Okay, so the shirt that I, the shirt, the idea that I had was based on the Anxious Millennial Cowboy shirt that AEW sold. Oh, yes. Yep. So we have Anxious Post-Imperial Pilot, which will make sense if you listen to Chicks with Dice, which you should. That said, I think everyone who's currently in chat probably does. He probably either listens to it or is on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or edits the uh, the the um, the one shots. So anyway, <laughs> back on topic, we had yeah, the AEW World Tag Team Championship title match between challengers John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, and the Young Bucks with Don Callis and Brandon Cutler. I legitimately thought. Mox and Kingston had this. I did too. I Until was the so... very last minute. It was so well done. <laughs> I, I don't think I've watched a match that was like that nail biting. And like, oh my god, can they do it? Can they do it? Can they do it? I mean, like, there's just like, there's there were so many moments. It's like, Moxley gets the paradigm shift and is... Cutler, just super kicks all over the place. Cutler and... being a lackey. The fucking... Getting destroyed. <laughs> the five BTE triggers that it took to take down John Moxley. Oh my god. Okay, so. Kayfabe. John Moxley was out hurt after this. This. At the lights out no DQ match he had with Kenny... Kenny showed up the following Wednesday, unable to wrestle. He wasn't cleared. And, like, covered in ice packs and cuts and bruises. And Mox was fine. Moxley got injured. That's what the fucking BT triggers do. Yeah, I mean, like, it's literally, it, it should be called the, the fucking CTE trigger. There we go. CTE? CTE, chronic trauma encephalopathy. It's a it's it's brain damage from getting concussed. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Really, I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet at the young bucks. Hey, maybe call it the CTE trigger <laughs> after beating up Mox's entire brain. Yeah, no, they that's what they did, jeez. I mean, oh. realistically, probably not a great thing to joke about. 
given I mean, wrestlers' history with a CTE. Okay, but we can go back to that specific moment and see where their knees were and see how it's done. So I, I feel less bad I know, about it. I, I know that the Young Bucks are safe workers. I know that like Mox is not hurt. But at the same time, probably in poor taste to make jokes about something that is a very serious issue in True, wrestling. yeah. So yeah, they... Uh, so Boxing Kingston put on a great match. Um... Fuck the Young Bucks. Yeah, fuck the Bucks. Um, oh, we got a really... Re- we, oh, so, so we got a uh, sour face Carl Anderson run-in. Yep. <laughs> he tried to he tried to come out and distract the referee. And, and then you see Frankie Kazarian, the elite hunter, running through the crowd like, I'm gonna fucking kill you, I'm Frankie Kazarian, bitch. Oh my god. I love this character he's doing. It's a very good character. It's a really good pivot from SCU because it doesn't take Kaz out of the picture. It doesn't bury them after a really good feud, but SCU is no more. So CD can hang him up if he so chooses. Yeah. And, like, okay, so... They've had that whole narrative through the BTs over the past year or two where Kazarian has these anger issues, mm-hmm. and now they're just front and center. And he's got a good outlet for them. And they're pointed directly at the elite. Who deserve it. At this yes. point, they deserve it. I don't feel bad for them. If you had told me a double or nothing last year that I would want them to get beat up, I probably wouldn't believe you. I no, but I think it all started with Hangman leaving the elite. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it started when they, Hangman wanted to leave, and they wouldn't let him. They immediately became less likable when he wanted to leave. Yep. So, yeah, no, this match was just otherworldly good. Yeah, hard hitting, great story being told. They brought the friggin' shoes back. They brought the shoes back. Yeah. And, yeah, no, I- I'm just left thinking, fuck the Bucks. God oh damn. Oh my god, they're such assholes, and they do it so well. <laughs> but also, I love you very much, thank you. Because I know the Bucks listen to this still. Yeah, they do, I know. <laughs> uh, so, when we... You know, the the young bucks, they're assholes. Yeah. I mean, we've known they were assholes ever since they started booking those multi-man tag matches, despite you. Yep. Despite me entirely. Explicitly you, yes. I haven't even got a royalty check for booking that. I know. It's (laughs) it's a shame. You really do deserve that money, Aaron. Yep. I will also take merch. (laughs) No, you'll take money. I will also take merch. Money. I can't afford merch. Okay, take money to afford merch. But this just cuts out the middleman. Are you going to spend all of the money on merch? Depends what the check is. I if it's, it's 40 bucks, then yeah. 
Okay, I figured it's at least for the cre for your creative work that technically makes you a writer. You should, because it's televised, be getting SAG minimum. What is SAG minimum, then? So for a writer credit? Oh, I guess it would be Writers Guild of America minimum. Okay, what's the WGA minimum for a writer? I can tell you if it's more or less than what Braun Strowman's asking. <laughs> Uh, so you should be getting $4,975 per week. That's less. <laughs> Braun Strowman many... wants five figures to do indie shows. Braun Strowman is not going to get booked or signed anywhere by asking for I don't those think things. he wants to. You think he's hanging him up? The, the old choo-choo train's hanging him up? No. What seems to be happening... Okay. Completely different tangent is with the layoffs. Okay, before we get w into this, because I do want to talk about the, AW, the WWE layoffs, but I want to finish this uh, Moxley Kingston versus Young Bucks match by asking you how many stars you give it. Five and three-eighths. We're only doing quarters. Um... Five and one and a half quarters. <laughs> That's still three eighths. Yeah, it took me a second to map it out. God damn it, Aaron. <laughs> okay. Well, I give it five and a quarter. Okay. Fair it enough. Was, it was it was a lot. Okay. So WWE layoffs as yeah, our so mid match tangent. All all the layoffs have been happening over the past forever. Um, there was news that came out recently that um, Alistair Black is wanted back in the company by some people. So the thought is that they're releasing a lot of high-priced contracts. And then later on, offering them contracts back at a much lower rate is what they could end up doing here. Yes. That said, given how badly he's been mistreated, I would suspect that Alistair Black is bound for AEW. And we'll see. Like Alistair they, Black, they, is... there's also the fact that they did fire Zelina Vega for speaking out against the company. Yeah, and they are a thing. Mm hmm. So like, it might be AE, uh, AE, not AEW. Jesus, WWE does a lot of retaliatory bullshit. Yeah. So this may literally just be retaliation too. Yeah, and you know what? All props to Alistair Black. He's been keeping pretty tight lipped. He hasn't said anything bad against WWE. Mm -hmm. He's not going around blowing off steam. He's done a couple live streams where he goes over stuff like new entrance music he was going to get, new storylines he had pitched, and like all this different stuff that right was behind in the, the works. scenes that still respect. So, you know, bare minimum, that says he's not going to go on every podcast and air your dirty laundry, yep. which is something you want from a new hire. Yep. You know, I, I think he would be a good fit in AEW. Um, speaking of other people who got fired who I think should come to AEW, I still believe that the Iconics should. Yes. I think Ruby Riot should. At least pass through. 
I need At to see least. Heidi Lovelace again, if that's the name she's gonna go with. Um, fucking Lana. Yeah, I definitely expect to see Lana come in. I at the very least we'll see CJ Perry somewhere in a match. With I I what my ideal scenario is mm-hmm. that they sign CJ Perry, a, formerly known as Lana, and they immediately set up an intergender tag match between her and Miro and Kip and Penelope. Because yep. there's already heat there, and it works yep. out. And just, just thrown together, it'd be awesome, and I want to see it. It that, would be. That relies on Kip healing up really quick from his surgery. Like I said, I can't wait for him to be back. CJ and Miro on NWA, oh my gosh. There's just, like, Not there's, a, there's a lot of people who have been released over the, in this year that, like, would make a would be a good fit would make for some really interesting tv yeah and like even if they don't stick around permanently you know a couple months three months of just putting out a storyline like matt cardona did right like that'd just be cool uh sorry not that do we want to have our next mid-match tangent be matt cardona (laughs) we can yes okay cool uh so the next match was the casino battle royale with the winner getting Mm -hmm. an aew world championship shot now this is the match where ray showed up yep (laughs) so we got to see uh, ray was a big fan of private party because i wrestled in khakis yeah, you know, that that's a look you don't see too often. It's kind of difficult to move around in those, <laughs> even yep. when you get them tailored. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, it, like, the Casino Battle Royale was a lot of fun. Oh, even before it started, when Max Caster came out, the right. last of the first group, he's doing his rap stuff, and he's, like, dissing on K- on Christian Cage. He used to be better when he had an edge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is on Matt Seidel about him falling off the top rope last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He leaves Hobbs alone because Hobbs which, will kill him. Which is smart. <laughs> and he gets to Dustin Rhodes. And he's like, Dustin, look at me. Dustin, Dustin, look at me. And Dustin looks up, You're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> you warmed that up so well. <laughs> Just to call him ugly. <laughs> uh, and it's also neat to see, like, I didn't know how over Max Caster was because I don't particularly care for the gimmick. I do. So but I had a feeling. <laughs> really over with the crowds. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Um, oh, gosh. Who else did we have as the second group? Um, there's Matt Hardy. Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, Preston Dance, number 10. Nick Camarado. And Serpentico, who's there for a cup of coffee. Yep. (laughs) Serpentico, who was there just to get thrown out. Yeah. Now, that's an unfortunate reality to a lot of this match. 
it's a lot of guys just showed up to get thrown out like immediately that there was some really good back and forth though in this like oh I yeah mean, the varsity blondes had some really good spots mm-hmm um, the Hardy family had some pretty good spots. Yeah, but uh, Vance was only in for a little bit. Colt Cabana was only in for a little bit. Evil Luna was only in for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Bowens is only in for a couple seconds. Yep, which I'm really upset about that one. I love Anthony Bowens. He's great. I know. He's got really cool Pride merch, too. Mm-hmm. I have so uh, much Pride merch to order. <laughs> yeah, no, there's... Okay, AEW has some pretty good Pride merch this year. Just don't order Cody's or the generic AEW one. Definitely get Dustin's. Definitely get Dustin's. Because he's got a trans kid, so he's got a really, really blatant trans Pride flag on his. And it's like... Oh, yeah, aw. it's great. What I is, love it. What, like, what a what a good dad. Mm-hmm. Nyla's uh, got one. Yeah, Nyla's got like, trans got one. and pansexual one flags Aaron's on it. I'm gonna get that one because those are her flags. I'm gonna get both those ones. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Bowen's is pretty good. Cody's is there. Like, I, I get like he he has the corporate face, and so they would ask him first, but it's like. Dude. No. Uh, was that oh, so uh, the other thing that I might, uh, my absolute favorite part of this match was finding out that Pentagon, uh, Penta El Zero Miedo has been Jokerified. Yep. <laughs> He's gone full Joker. Uh, we live in a society. I mean, his brother keeps getting injured by jackasses with title belts, so I would too. <laughs> I'm going to Pentagon looked at those tweets and said, "I'm going to turn into the Joker," and then did it literally. Yeah, <laughs> a um, better Joker than Ray Ray. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a Batman comic. I'll I'll think of it. Keep going with the description of this match, please. Ah, yeah, so with the Hearts, the third group to come out, we had the Varsity Blondes, as said, we had Colt Cabana, Anthony Bowens, and uh, Pentagon. Or uh, Penta. Yes. So, <laughs> you got it right. It was, so later on backstage, Penta took one of the photographer's cameras and recreated the Killing Joke, like, cover picture. Yeah. Which was very good. I appreciate Penta, like, being a complete dork. Oh, yeah, totally. But at the same it's time... It's the greatest that, part about modern wrestling is like, they're all a bunch of nerds. They're, they're all such huge nerds. Like, every single one of them is like, yeah, I like comic books. Yeah, I like video games. Yeah, I like... Yeah. That there's a group of them playing fucking Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Boo. But they're playing a tabletop role-playing game. There's a bunch of them that stream. Like, mm -hmm. they're just a bunch of nerds. Absolutely. Oh, Colt Cabana was also there. He got eliminated. Yep. Yeah, and the spades were the final group where we had Jungle Boy, Mark Quinn, Aaron Solo, mm -hmm. who I didn't have, who didn't stick around very long, <laughs> Evil Uno, and Lee Johnson. 
Big Shot A. Lee Johnson. Yeah. Who, oh, Lee Johnson did not really get a reaction in this match. No, he did not. <laughs> it was hard because, like, look at the people he was up against. Yeah, and, like, he's he coming came out with Jungle Boy with and Jungle Evil Uno. Jungle Boy and Evil Uno. So, first of all, yeah. the entire crowd sang the Jungle Boy song. Yep. It's just Tarzan Boy by Baltimora. So you had an yep. entire crowd singing Baltimora, which is a very... Turns out, the person who suggested that song and that they get that song is Joey Janela. Mm-hmm. Pretty neat. Um, Janela's pretty good at that kind of thing. Absolutely. You have Evil Uno coming out, and this is like the first time that he's had a chance in front of a crowd where the Dark Order's been over and not getting booed oh my god are they over like was it this one or a different one where did they come out it was on dynamite but like even just when evil uno came out they cut to the crowd and the entire crowd was doing a dark order hand yep and it was just like oh that's like it's just like i know a lot of circumstances for at least part of how they got over are not ideal Mm -hmm. i don't think they'd be this over they wouldn't be faces if not last year it was simultaneously heartwarming and heartbreaking yeah it was like a really it was (laughs) i'm about to cry it was a beautiful moment Mm-hmm. Like, they deserve that. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, Lee Johnson got nothing. But then we also found out who the Joker is, and we don't mean Penta this time. No, not the not not. Okay, okay. Do you remember our guesses for the Joker? Yes, Lee Moriarty. Mm-hmm. You guessed. Who did you guess? I said Naito, but really hoping for Abushi. And who was it? Leo Rush. Who came out of retirement. <laughs> yeah. And then immediately retired afterwards. Yeah, he announced retirement last year, then got dragged into it, and it, it's wrestling. It, it does something to you when you get going on again. But I guess he got injured in this match where he's now like, okay. I'm actually going to retire. Like, the damage to my body is not worth my future like this. Yeah, it, he'd basically have trouble walking for the rest of his life if he kept going. Yep. And there's Which, no reason to do totally that to yourself. I respect that decision to walk away. Yep. Oh my gosh, we got... We got there to the final six, which was Leo Rush, Private Party, Matt Hardy... Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. Gosh. It was just like there was a lot of like back and forth and private party gets dumped out, Leo Rush gets dumped out. So we're It was tense. It was very tense because you know you're rooting for the Hardys to lose. Oh yeah, definitely. You you want them out of there. You want them to uh eat some crow. Mm -hmm. So it comes down to the final three. Christian, Matt Hardy, and Jungle Jack Perry. Yep. 
to use a JR name for him. And Matt Hardy wasn't long for that three-way. No. He was out. They had, like, this moment where Matt Hardy was trying to convince Christian to team with him to take out Jungle Boy, and then they would face off against each other because they knew each other and everything like that. Jungle you know, the, Boy the, the, the is absolutely Ray's favorite. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. So, Without a doubt. Christian is like, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. They get ready to go, and he immediately turns on Matt Hardy and dumps him out of the ring. And the crowd is oh. just like, yeah! So, Aaron, do you remember who we predicted to win? Okay. I know I pre predicted Christian Cage, but I really wanted to see Jungle Boy win. I also predicted Christian Cage. Yep. And... We get to the final two, and we're like, oh, oh, were we right? Because it's Christian oh and Jungle God. Boy. Oh my God. And they just have this moment where the entire crowd is singing Jungle Boy's theme. Mm-hmm. And they have just, like, a massive amount of near eliminations. And you're, like, sitting there, like, when's it gonna happen? When's it gonna happen? Oh, no! You're no. so tense. You're not breathing. You're, you're tied up in your body. <laughs> and then Jungle Boy finally manages a back suplex over the top rope for the win. And the crowd explodes. We exploded. Yes. <laughs> there was... It was definitely okay. So it was a it was a it was a battle royale designed to get Jungle Boy over, despite mm -hmm. the fact that Jungle Boy is already over. Yeah, it's one of those things where if you told me the original plan was for Cage to win and they called an audible because they heard that reaction to Jungle Boy, I'd believe you. That would be a smart move to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As far as I know, Jungle Boy was always the one to win, so I'm not going to start any rumors or anything. No, there's, there's, no, definitely don't want to start rumors about that. Um, oh my god, that was crowd. Very, very, very lively. It was... A, I could not imagine a better crowd for that. No. Maybe a bigger one, but not better. No. Okay, so what do you give the Battle Royal? Uh, I'm going to give the Battle Royal four. Okay. Because there were a lot of fast eliminations. I'm going to give it, uh, like, let's go with 3.75. Because okay. I don't think it was the strongest match of the night, but Battle Royals almost never are, except for, you know... Uh, when WWE does their yearly one for that event that I can't remember the name of. Royal Rumble. <laughs> Thank you. The Royal Rumble. <laughs> I genuinely could not remember the name. That's, yeah, that's fine. Oh. Uh, okay, so our next match was Homelander versus Anthony Agogo. 
this as is an, my as, down point in the show yes as an aside you should watch the boys because jensen ackles is in it in the next season and you should watch everything with jackals in it think of all the jacking uh, you can see it's whenever anyway. jensen makes a really weird acting choice the supernatural fandom refers to it as jacking okay <laughs> anyway <laughs> So yeah, Cody comes was... out dressed like a motherfucking supervillain. Mm-hmm. Or like a guy who is the superhero in a movie where the supervillain is the good guy. Yeah, no, it, it um it was kind of mixed messaging, but you know, it was plastered in American iconography, so it felt very like mega mindish. Yeah. <laughs> or the boys ish or any other show i i guess like um what's his fuck um from captain not from uh, from uh falcon and the winter soldier the okay. assholeman yep. who yeah. was in comic book canon a former wrestler <laughs> Go figure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah, no. this was. It did absolutely nothing for me. Yeah, Maybe no, they, it's because they... I'm in Canada. Maybe it's because I'm a dirty commie. But all that American <laughs> iconography did absolutely nothing for me. They very much did the John Cena thing. Where. Like, we're going to plaster this all in America and God, so you can't boo it now, or you're fooling America and God. Yeah. You know what? America and God might deserve to get booed. Yeah. And I mean, in like, the end, Agogo didn't even win this one. Like, they, no. they had a good match. Like, I followed along, but it's like, they got to the five-minute mark, and it's like, he's taken three shots already. Is is he fucking Superman more than the rest of the roster? You, you've got, yeah, you've got um, one of the gun kids, the simp one. I don't know. You've got him like he's out injured right now because he took three shots from Anthony oh, Gogo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his face? Yeah, Austin Gun. Austin, the one named there you Colton. go. Yeah. Like, you've got Austin out injured after three shots, and Cody's taken three or four already, and it just keeps going. Yeah, it's just... Uh... Did you know that Indiegogo get... has a move called Dim's Fire? Really? Really. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> They're all nerds. Yep. They're all nerds. And, just real quick... I liked this match even less after Dynamite last week. Was it last week? Yeah. Yes. After Dynamite last week, where Cody took a shot to the jaw and was out cold. Right. He took a shot to the jaw on this one and kept going. Like, that, that's not consistency. No, it's very, very inconsistent. So, uh, what would you give that match? I'll give Anthony Agogo two stars. Okay, that's fair. 
I I want to see better. Like he deserves to be shown better. I want to say that that was the low point of the night for me. Yeah. On an amazing pay per view, that's my only real complaint. On is an that one match? View, that's like a mid tier match. Yeah. It's probably pretty good on most other pay per views. Yeah. Like it. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I agree that it should have been the pre-show, but like you can't have the American Dream Cody Rhodes bringing out that name. <laughs> oh, God. First of all, he Dusty was called the American Dream because he came from nothing. Cody was born on third base. Yep. Like... The point of him being the American Dream is that he made it. Cody is the grandson of a plumber. Yeah. Not the son of a plumber. Okay, I do want to put a caveat in here. In that I know I shit on Cody a lot. I do like Cody. I think he's a wonderful wrestler. He keeps me entertained 99% of the time. But just everything about that was not not great. And I think Cody puts himself in very gimmicky matches. Yeah. Booking this as America versus England was not a great plan. Not at all, especially when your England actually represented his country. Like, he's an Olympic athlete. Yeah. Well, like, there's the, the thing is, like, okay, my, my, my vibe check for this is that this should have been billed as Cody. It, if, if things went correctly, it should have been billed as Cody, the wealthy son of a successful wrestler, the Scion, who. The son of the dream. Right, who the scion who inherited what he has versus mm -hmm. the working class hero, for lack of a better term. Yep. And they probably could have had Cody still win and have it be like a start to a program. Yeah, Megacorp Cody versus Broken Boxer. They originally started out with Cody the turned against friend of QT Marshall and QT Marshall's star pupil. That was a good story. Right. Like, Cody versus the people who betrayed him. Yep. Good story. America versus UK, we've had that twice already. And by twice already, I mean uh, the War for American Independence and the War of 1812. Hey, you dealt with Canada then? The they British didn't show up for like a year and a half? They they were still part of British North America. Not in any logistical way. <laughs> I mean, technically, when I become a citizen, I still have to swear an oath to the Queen. Yeah. Long Not a fan. Rot. But hurried up a little bit. <laughs> Not to get too deep into politics, I found out that she's used um, 
royal consent numerous times to influence laws to prevent them from looking into her taxes. Yeah, I believe it. And prevent them from raising her taxes and prevent them from looking at crown holdings and things like that. And it's like, maybe we yeah. need to get rid of the monarchy. I'd be oh, fine if God. Canada got rid of the monarchy, but like apparently they're popular or whatever. With boomers. <laughs> boomers love the royal drama. Just watch wrestling. It's better drama. <laughs> and the royals aren't despicable. Except when they are, and then they get comeuppance. Yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so our next match was I thought a very good middle of the card match between Lance Archer yep. with Jake Roberts and Miro yep this is exactly what I need to see you know like not just after the Cody Ogogo match but like in general around the mid card this is what I really need to see to like keep me going for the rest of the show yeah I mean, like, we got to see Jake take a bump. We got a hoss yep. off. We got big meaty men slapping meat, which is always fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And, it you was... know, they... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, like, they went almost ten minutes in this thing. Yeah. Like, that, that is a long hoss match. <laughs> it's awesome. I think this match sets up Miro really well as a good monster heel, because he kind of nope. lost that a little bit. And it's worth bringing yeah. that back. It gives Archer the start of, like, a face turn. Yeah, definitely. Although he's been well, on still face being... turn for a while. He's still a, the Murderhawk monster, but he could be oh, the yeah. good guy Murderhawk monster. He, he's he's a monster face. <laughs> like, Which you don't see great. that too often. <laughs> you do in this chat where we are all monster fuckers. Not wrong. Exactly. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it, to me, Lance Archer was sold as a face when he became friends with Maki Ito. Yes. <laughs> like, the fact that he befriended her while she was over was the, like, you know what, Lance Archer? 10 out of 10. Yep. 12 out of 12. So, yeah, no, I mean, like, we have Mira winning with the game over. Yep. I don't think anyone really expected to see Archer win this match. No. But, you know, he, he put in the work. Absolutely. Okay, who do you think takes the belt off of Miro? Oh, how long do we think he's going to hold it? If he holds it till full gear. Full gear's the last pay-per-view, right? That's in October, yeah. Like the first weekend of October usually. I think Kip could do it. My thought is that it is Jungle Boy. Or, or Samoa Joe. Yeah, uh, no, yeah I if think Samoa Joe comes in, I can see that. <laughs> I think it's gotta be Jungle Boy because I don't see Jungle Boy holding the AEW title anytime soon. No, yeah, and he's gonna need something to keep momentum going after that. And I th think it's the TNT title. 
or whatever yeah. they rename it to if they choose to rename it. Yep. Or if they just rebrand it so it's not Turner Network Television themed and they still call it the TNT title because it is dynamite. Yeah, no, it's still going to be the TNT title. They are talking about introducing more belts. One, possibly like a generic uh, television title mm-hmm. to go wherever because they will still be doing shows on TNT like every quarter. And then everyone's hoping for those uh, those uh, triples titles. Oh, the trio title would be good. Yes. But consider, instead of I'm a trio's considering... belt, a trio trophy. Trio trophy, huh. Three trophies think... for the cheat. <laughs> trophies are hard to transport is the thing. It depends on the size of the trophy, though. Like, New Japan does trophies pretty well. Like, well, okay, even if it's a decently sized, like, carry-on, trophies tend to be a little more fragile in the joints and everything. Yeah. So unless AEW's planning to transport that themselves with the rest of their crew gear, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't expect to see that, like, as a permanent thing. That's fair. Trio, they did medals for the women's tag team tournament. What about Trio's giant D20s? Then we'd have to get, um... What, what the hell was their name again? Avalon and... What's his name? Oh god, The Initiative. The Initiative, yeah. We'd have to get them back. Wish they could, you know. Brandon Cutler's a cheating piece of shit now. Yeah, so he'll have no problem teaming with Peter. Yeah, you know, and you team them up with the... My god, I'm forgetting everybody's name. (laughs) Cesar Bononi? No, the other library. Leva? Leva. It's like, L, L. Why am I thinking Layla? Because Layla Hirsch has a match tonight. (laughs) Yes, you team them up with, with Leva and you got the initiative. There you go. Okay, so let's talk about our next match after we give this match. Oh, wait, we had a tangent. What was our between match tangent again? Uh, Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona, thank you. So what do you give this match? This match, you know, three and a half. That's about right. It was really good. It wasn't, it wasn't going to steal the show. They tried. It's, they it's, really did. They they worked really hard, but it was never going to steal the show. Mm-hmm. Because it's up against some incredible matches. Yeah. But, but you know what? They went out and they had a great, hard-hitting, big guy match, and I left satisfied. I could not complain about that match at all. Mm-hmm. So, Matt Cardona... What did Matt Cardona do this past week? Oh, man. So, do you know how in GCW there's been a little bit of rivalry between Nick Gage and John Moxley? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, you know, Moxley's showing up at shows and attacking uh, Nick Gage from behind. Well, at the end of last weekend's GCW show, someone jumped in the ring with, like, big black cloak and hood and mask and everything. You know, he started sauntering in like Moxley does, and he hits a paradigm shift like Moxley does. And then 
he takes off the hood and mask, and it's Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona? It's the essence of sports entertainment in a GCW ring planting their champion. And he would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you meddling kids. By which you mean the fans at ringside who immediately started booing and throwing fingers at him? No, because Nick Cage is stupidly over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was actually really cool because I found I saw an alternate angle from like the official show one. Like the official show one is behind Cardona as he does everything. There's a cell phone taken from the other side where you mm -hmm. see Gage and Cardona behind him, and there's a woman jumping behind because she thinks it's Mox dressed up like everyone else does. And as soon as he pulls off the hood, she stops dead <laughs> and just starts booing him. Like yes, that's perfect. <laughs> It's so good. Oh my god, that's such a good angle for Matt Cardona. Mm-hmm. I like, I... I just... I like deathmatch wrestling. I know you do. I still kind of want to see what it feels like to get hit with a light tube. I'm not doing that to you. I'll wear a respirator. Like, I'll wear one of those painter's masks. Like the ones that no, go gotta... over, over your eyes and mouth. So I'm, I'm still gonna have to get it sad. out of your hair. <laughs> you can hit me over the back. Okay, that's fair. Like I've said a lot of times, I appreciate deathmatch wrestling. Some of the best storytellers come through those the deathmatch scene through GCW mm -hmm. and H2O and. Before that, ECW and CZW and stuff. I can't stomach it. I used to be able to, and I can't anymore. But I, I love the guys who do it. I well, like I mean, like there's just so many good stories and so many good storytellers, and like, mm -hmm. I mean, like, there's a lot of indie darlings who also do deathmatch stuff because it's fun. Like Effie does deathmatch work. Yeah, he's doing a lot now. Yeah, uh, Alley Cat does deathmatch yep. work good LA catch there cat <laughs> um, Matt Cardona's going to <laughs> Matt Cardona um Aspen the Mermaid yep there's yep. a uh, really cute video of her having some skewers taken out of her head after the match I oh know. god uh, I, he's right, you know, Deathmatch Wrestling, either in America or Japan, gave us Mick Foley and Terry Funk, mm -hmm. two of the best storytellers in the business. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hi. Daw is the boy. Uh, we got, there's a lot that comes to us from Deathmatch Wrestling, though, like... Deathmatch shouldn't be underestimated or ignored. It's not no, just party not. shit. It's not just like it, it's a legitimate form of wrestling and the style of entertainment that comes with wrestling. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for this. I like I mean like, I'm excited for anything. What those guys can do on the regular is amazing. Oh my god, yeah. And like, like I'm still watching it. <laughs> They do a lot of crazy spots. They mm -hmm. might not be the best technically, but like, I mean, is there 
but even then, a lot of them are. They don't do it during the death matches, but they certainly can. I mean, like, I just, yeah. you know, thinking about someone like Danny Havoc, who is not only just a legend of deathmatch and a legend of Jersey wrestling, mm -hmm. but helped train new generations of wrestlers to be just incredible. Like, there's a lot oh, yeah. that goes through Deathmatch that you don't think about. And, like, it's worth it's worth talking about those, those performers as legitimate performers, not just, like, assholes who bleed a lot. Yeah. Joey Janela. Okay. Yeah. So... Anyway... <laughs> Now that we've got that of the way, Aaron, do you want to talk about the next match? I do, because, oh, I've been looking forward to this one. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Britt Baker, D-M-D, against Hikaru Shida. I, I, I still wanted to see Shida win this one. I knew she wouldn't. Just the push and everything was like, yeah, we know they're going with Britt. But maybe a little bit longer with Sheeta. Mm -hmm. It's funny because we felt the exact same way about Nyla. Exactly, yes. So, like, all else held equal, Cetras Paribus, the women's champions do a very good job of getting themselves over. Yep. Even if they're not afforded a lot of opportunity by TV. Yeah, I know. They make great use of every second they have on that camera. Mm-hmm. And when you get a match like this where they're just given time and they blow it completely out of the water. Mm-hmm. I don't... I, I'm at a loss of words thinking about it because, like, I just want to go back and watch it now. I mean, like, so the article I'm using to remind myself of what happened in the match gives it a very low rating. Gives it two and a half stars. I don't know that I watched the same wrestling event as this guy. Like, did he put on an old episode of something else? I don't know, but like, I mean, like, the Fisherman's Neckbreakers, the, the Sling Blades, the Falcon Arrows. It just... It was, it was a bigger-than-life match. Was he watching Charlotte? No, he probably loved Charlotte. To be honest, I love Charlotte, but... That's a whole different issue that has nothing to do with Charlotte's talent. <laughs> Absolutely. No, Charlotte's great. Charlotte's fine. It's, you know, how things get booked. Yep. But yeah, Britt did come out on top on this one. I had my, my Sheeta shirt on and everything. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, they, they carried this... out, like, 
a fast match with tons of spots and just just watch it <laughs> it was so good i give this match a perfect five out of seven i will also give it five stars also it was sheeta's birthday yesterday so happy birthday i hope she listens not just because i'm gay Okay, so then our next match was um, Sting's return to in-ring work. Yeah. Everyone was kind of a little bit afraid of how he would look after six years, you know. Mm -hmm. Last time he was out, he didn't look great. Not just because of how he was booked. <laughs> but we got Scorpio Sky and Egon versus Darby Allen and Sting. The men of the year. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. <laughs> and this is where we were talking about, like, the crowd interaction they can do now. Mm -hmm. Because Darby got launched into the front row. Mm -hmm. From the ring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was just, it was so much fun. And then fucking Sting hits a code red. When did Sting start doing code reds? I mean, everyone can do them now after Dustin could. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> everyone just spontaneously learned it. <laughs> I mean, like, we got the Stinger Splash. It was the Scorpion Death Drop. It's like, you know, good for Sting. I don't know that he's yeah. going to continue in-ring work for that much longer. I don't expect him to do too many in-ring matches more cinematic stuff than anything else mm -hmm. but you know he can still go like he jumped off the stage at the beginning of it yep and then it had the rest of the match so yeah sting did get the pinfall in this one carrying his team to victory mm -hmm. and yeah no it, it was a great match i didn't have the highest hopes for it mm -hmm. because i expected sting to stay out of the match for a lot of it but you know, he was in there working just like everyone else. That's yep, a good headlock. Lock. Now, what you want to do is you want to hook your hands like this. There you go. This is why it's called hooking. <laughs> Wrestlers are hookers. <laughs> Paco, do you want food? Is that what this is about? Um, hey, Aaron, do you want holding down the fort talking about Sting and... Darby Allen for a couple more seconds so I can get Taco some food so he leaves me alone. Sure I can. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, like, it, it was a better match than I expected. I was very pleasantly surprised by it. And, like I said, I don't expect Sting to do regular live matches. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's good to know that when he wants to, he can go as hard as he needs in it. Now, this did lead up to Man of the Year have challenged Darby and a different opponent, specifically not Sting. So we'll see how that ends up going. That's Scrip OP, yep. He's as good once as he ever was, yeah. Like, so Sting is a product of that 80s to 90s turnover period. 
where wrestling was a lot less. There was you'd do more like named moves. You'd Okay, I'm back. You do less like the high intensity impact stuff. I'm gonna and you for a second. <laughs> less of the high intensity impact stuff. And that allowed you to go a little bit longer in your career. Like can't look at a lot of people. Like you can look at Steamboat or Flair, you know, they they don't they didn't take huge bumps coming up. Uh you could look at Hillbilly Jim, who has no issues. <laughs> Except for, I don't know, yes, personal Emma, it is the Hala. <laughs> Hala, if you hear me. Okay, honestly, cutters and leg drops are horrible bumps to take. Yes. Because with a cutter, you're landing either on your side or, like, rolled onto your back just slightly, where you can, like, get all of this. And the leg drop, you're compressing your, spr your spine to hit it. Your spine, yes. Your spine. <laughs> <laughs> Keep talking about movies. I gotta finish this, Carla. <laughs> I don't know how much longer I can stretch this out, actually. So I'm gonna go back and talk about Karashita again and how I honestly hope that her input and work over the past year of the pandemic isn't forgotten in the records. Because she carried a division that wasn't getting the attention it nearly deserves as someone active and there and a face of the company even when they had that number one contendership tournament by going over to Japan and helping arrange all of that. That's not to say other people aren't working their asses off. But Sheeta was a champion this time, so we point her out because of that. So that brings us to the penultimate main event. I forgot to unmute. Oh no! <laughs> Sheeta deserves a lot of kudos. Yes. And a lot of respect for what she did for carrying the division for as long as she did. Mm-hmm. So our penultimate main event here, we had... The AEW champion Kenny Omega defending against Orange Cassidy and Pac. In I don't care who's in this match or how long they're given. This match had no right to be that good. It really didn't. It was just. <laughs> I mean, first of all, you oh have Kenny God. Omega coming out wearing all four of his belts, looking like a complete jackass. <laughs> it's just like. There are so many moments in this match where you think, is Orange going to take it? Is Pac going to take it? Orange had it twice. After hitting Orange punches on everyone, Pac would break up pins, and Callus pulled the referee out of the match. There's no DQ, so you can't do anything against it. No, it was like... I mean, like, the there's a 450 splash that Pac does. I mean, like, we have Kenny Omega pulling out the Tiger Driver 98, which, like, every time Kenny Omega pulls out the Tiger Driver 98 is good. It's exciting. It, it's 
it's a move that not a lot of people do. Really? Like, it's just one of those, like, very Kenny Omega moves. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny hits Pack with the belt. Mm-hmm. Kenny injures his hand on the belt. <laughs> yup. <laughs> he brought in all the belts, didn't he? He did. This one. But he specifically used the AEW belt because it's the most dangerous one. It's a very sharp belt. Yeah, it's got all those diamonds encrusted into it and the lots of plating with corners. Mm-hmm. It's the most expensive looking one. <laughs> it's just... It's a thing. Yeah, no, like... You believed multiple times that any one of them could have walked away with this. I do believe it went... Triple A, TNA, Impact, then AW. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. And... Yeah, no, we get to the end where Orange is trying to roll up Kenny for As a three Aubrey's, count. Like, uh, uh, Aubrey is running in to take over the match. Yep. Yes! <laughs> because Kenny couldn't get Pack off of Orange Cassie with the Brutalizer. So it was easier to kick Bryce Remsburg. Yep. <laughs> So Bryce took a bump because, you know, when Bryce is in a championship match like that, he's going to take a bump. It's not the worst bump he's taken. You know, he didn't get shot in this one. No, he didn't get blown up by a grenade. Nope. Although he did come back from the dead when he got shot. I mean, that doesn't negate getting shot. No, but if he got shot in this match... In theory, he could have sat up, like he did that one time, and won the match. And we could have had a new AEW champion. Bryce Repsburg. <laughs> I wouldn't have allowed that in AEW. <laughs> I don't think AEW would ever allow that. Yeah, Bryce is definitely a lich. But, oh my god, that, that match... So, yeah, no, this was a very, very exciting match. Oh, yeah, definitely. Orange, like, desert, or Orange is going to be AEW champion someday. Yep. They just kind of finalized that thought in everyone's head through this. Can you like he imagine you're Greg and Dustin, and you're like, hey, AEW, we just did a really good job with... New Japan, do you want to hire us? Hey, by the way, if you're looking for a guy, there's this guy named Orange who sticks his hands in his pockets. And then within two years, he's like challenging for the world championship and one of the most over guys in the company. After spending a year not doing anything. Yep. People like, just they, they, love Orange. They kept him on the down low for a full year. And, like, he moves so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you, you, you see that, like, yeah, Orange Cassidy as a gimmick doesn't do a lot. Didn't do a lot. Now he's moving. He's, like, you know, throwing down orange punches. He's, like, you see the, you see Fire Ant in that. Yeah. Rather than just Orange Cassidy. 
The humble fire ant. The humble fire ant. Long live the colony. I will point out one last thing for this is that Orange brought out his old Jansport backpack when he was beyond champion. Mm-hmm. He fully intended to win this match. Yep, because he keeps a championship belt in the Jansport. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good callback. Oh, uh, I I love when I notice these little things like, oh, thank you, you thought of it, and I recognized it. This is wonderful. <laughs> um, we got a really nice after this. Okay, so B Kenny Omega ends up retaining because he's not done with his belt collector bit yet. Um, so what do you give this match? Oh, that's an easy five. I give it like a five, it. but not a perfect five out of seven. Okay. Uh, so we get an announcement that Mark Henry is joining the AEW Rampage commentary team. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I love how they're getting... Okay, so a lot of people complain that they're getting a bunch of AEW or WWE veterans... And it's just like TNA and blah, blah, blah. It's, like, it's not like TNA. They're getting a bunch of veterans from the biggest national wrestling company in the world and putting them in positions where they can help the younger people in this company work on national television. And it's paid off for them. Right. It's not... It's not um, a case where they're putting these people as front and center talent either. Yeah. This is a case where they are taking some of the most knowledgeable people in wrestling who are currently not doing anything with that knowledge and giving them the opportunity to do something with that knowledge. It's that yeah. like Tony Khan sort of brain space where you absolutely understand that there is so much, so many important parts of wrestling that are being ignored because one company's culture has dominated for so long. You can take someone like Jake Roberts. You could take someone like The Big Show. You could take, sorry, whatever his name is. Paul White. Paul Sorvino. <laughs> Um, Paul Sorvino is an actor who is in Goodfellas, Repo the Genic Opera, Star Trek a couple times, and a bunch of other mob movies. <laughs> um, you could take these like really, really talented people who just Dean Malenko is another example. Yep. Who just aren't doing anything with that talent. And you can turn that talent into more talent by fostering new, exciting wrestlers with the yep. knowledge that exists from the veterans. And it's a good strategy. It's respectful yep. of the people who came before you while building on them and having them work with these new people. You, you, if each successive generation of wrestlers can get that much better, 
imagine what wrestling is in 20 years, 30 years. When I am now, 60 years old and still watching <laughs> wrestling. Because <laughs> we will be. Now, for the first year that at least Dynamite was running, one of the big things I remember always thinking when I saw someone new show up is it's going to take them a while to get used to the camera, to be on that national stage, to have, you know, three quarters of a million people watching you. And I, I would point out, I was like, yep, yeah, they look a little bit sloppy here. They're they're getting used to it. Wash them in a month and they they clean up and you can see it happen. And that cycle has been getting so much faster now mm -hmm. that they get all these people in and help them. Like Layla Hirsch, amazing turnaround. T Ty Conti, amazing turnaround. Anna Jay, amazing turnaround. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anna Jay is just like a generational talent, though. Oh, yeah. Like, Anna is the kind of wrestler that you talk about for decades mm -hmm. and she can go for decades like I'm excited to see Anna come back and just continue to rise yeah, through I can't the world wait to of see her become wrestling the veteran as the like she is the next great thing in women's wrestling mm -hmm. and we're gonna be here to see it eggs we, we got it on the ground floor Oh yeah, we, we saw got when she had two wives. Yeah, she was a two. <laughs> she had the two wives. Um, I was going to tell my nieces and nephews when they get older. You see her? She had two wives at one point. <laughs> Auntie Erin, okay. what do you mean? In the future, all children sound like kobolds. Oh god, that that's the worst outcome actually. Okay. And that brings that brings us to the main event. The cinematic stadium stampede, inner circle versus the pinnacle. The inner circle loses, they have to disband. So, Kat, my first question to you. How did this compare to last year's? It was different. Okay. I'm not saying it was bad, but it was a different style of Stadium Stampede. Yeah, they've definitely learned a lot about production over the past year and put it to really good use, I thought. Absolutely, and having the match finish in the ring was phenomenal. Yeah, I know that that cut where that goes from the pre-recorded Jericho and um, MJF in the back to coming out into the live stadium mm -hmm. and keep going. And then Sammy and Sean Spears coming into the live stadium from the parking lot. And oh, it's it was so beautifully put together. It really was. Uh, I'm just thinking, like, important moments. I, I think I preferred the first Stadium Stampede. 
because it had a little bit more of an air of whimsy to it. Yeah, definitely. This was much more serious. This was a few... I guess it's different matches for different times. Yes. Uh, that said, we do know that the Pinnacle will stay together and will be the winners of the next Stadium Stampede in a year. So that's good to know. <laughs> yep. Sean Spears is going to get the pin next year. Yep, 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 yep. Because right, Sammy got the pin this year. I popped so loud for Sammy. <laughs> it's like, oh, I love him so much. I'm so glad he got this. Yeah, it, yeah was... It... So it was... It was... It was exciting. Yeah, they paired off exactly as you thought they would. Uh, I loved the little part where they do that cut and fade into Sean Spears in just a storage room of chairs. He's like practically coming in his pants. Like, I, I, I had the idea like that like a couple weeks before. It's like, I really hope they do this. I'm going to keep my mouth shut in case they don't and I jinx it but they did and I was so happy it was good yeah it was good uh so yeah it was a overall a very good pay-per-view one of the best that they've put on we say that about most of their pay-per-views I know it just keeps getting better <laughs> except that one that was a real stinker which one was that one was that full gear last year where Matt Hardy took some brain damage. Um, I, th I think so. Yeah, no, that yeah that that one wasn't uh wasn't so great. <laughs> but you know what? It wasn't not great because of the people involved. It wasn't not great because of accidents. Yeah, it, accidents it had happen. some accidents happen, and it had some issues, but. I mean, okay, let's, we had champion John Moxley at the time taking on Eddie Kingston. In a great match. In the I Quit match, which was iconic. Yep. yep. You have FTR lose the title to the Bucks. Which everyone saw coming a mile away, really. Yeah. You have the World Eliminator Tournament, Kenny versus Hangman, which yep. was intense and but I remember that one being, it feeling almost intentionally lackluster. Mm -hmm. Like, Hangman was not on Kenny's level at all. That's so he can build oh, up. Oh no, to it. it wasn't Full Gear because that Full Gear was the Elite Deletion. Yeah, so it'd be the one before that or after that. What comes before Full Gear? All in. All out. All out. Okay, let's talk about All Out then. <laughs> oh, that was the um, the Mimosa Mayhem match. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Weird gimmick, but a lot of fun. Got Orange Cassie on everyone's radar, finally. Uh, that was... All Out was where Kenny and Hangman lost the tag titles. In yeah, a Mox, heartbreaking match. Mox versus MJF. It was just a lot of it fun. was just an okay card. Yeah. 
I mean, like, it was it's a card that was deeply soured by the fact that they let Matt Hardy continue that match. Yeah, no, it was a bad call in the moment. And... Yeah, no, unfortunately, that's just what happens sometimes. Yep. You can't always yeah, you, make perfect you, calls, you know? See, the difference between missing a spot on the top rope and missing a spot on a scissor Sky lift... Jack. On a skyjack is about 10 feet. Yeah. And <laughs> that 10 feet I, makes a lot of difference. <laughs> I mean, like, if you just go by Star Wars rules, right? Yep. Every 10 feet of falling is an extra, like, five unblockable damage. Yeah. You just. You don't have that many hit points in Star Wars. You do not. What do you think a good buy rate for an... Like a pay-per-view? Yeah. Good buy rate. 15,000? Like 15,000 people purchase the pay-per-view? Yeah. Like I think that's far too low. I, I'm thinking like actual pay-per-view, not like Bleacher Report. And oh no, I'm fight. thinking like Bleacher Report. Okay. Um... 75? I think it's probably closer to like 100, 150 for AEW. Oh, I thought you had it pulled up. (laughs) No, uh, I can pull it up. Okay. Um, Buy rate on Double or Nothing was somewhere between 135,000 and 150,000 people. Okay. That's pretty good. Oh yeah, my guess was still short for like all of them. Mm -hmm. Except for All In. Years and years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So the I never really look up these. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I'll, it'll be interesting to track how these things go. I mean, first of all, All Out this year is going to be their first non-Daily's Place pay per view, which will be very exciting. They're it's in, in Chicago, which is a big wrestling town. They're in a in a arena with. Um, like a ten thousand person capacity. Mm-hmm. That'll be pretty good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But we got a lot of time and a lot of storylines to get through before that. Yes, we do. Oh, is there anything else we wanted to cover here? Um, just an overall show rating. Overall, five and a half. I would give it like a four and a half. Okay. But, good show. Like, it's solid B-plus show. Yeah, no, like like I said, my only complaint was Cody and Agogo. I talked about why. I'm not going to go into it again. And... I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had a great time watching it, and not just because of the fans, and not just because of the people we were watching with. It yeah. was just a solid show in and of itself. Absolutely. So, um, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about while we were here? I have a couple recommendations, and that's about it for me. Okay. So I'm just going to pull these up. So it is Pride Month. So I want to give a little bit of visibility to 
a wrestler that didn't get to be out for his career unlike we have now with a lot of people like we we have a boom of lg lgbt plus wrestlers you could just so, say queer I'm, aaron it saves you so many syllables i know and i get tongue-tied on it every time actually <laughs> we have a lot of queer wrestlers now who that we can uh, kind of take for granted I, so, I agree. So I'm posting up two matches from Chris Canyon, mm -hmm. who was a gay man who was closeted for almost his entire career, and unfortunately did take his own life at the end of it. The first one we got is Ultimo Dragon and Chris Canyon from an episode of, was this Heat or Velocity? I think, yeah, it was Heat. From Sunday Night Heat. <laughs> and Perry Saturn versus Chris Canyon from Monday Nitro. There, he, he's great. Like, especially in the Perry Saturn one, like, he, he does an adplex 23 years before it was named. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was very innovative with his style and just never really got the dues that he was owed. Yeah. It's a shame. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, without those who came before, we have no opportunity to celebrate those who are here now. Yep. So we celebrate both and just hope for the best. I think that's it, Kat. Okay. In that case. Hold on, I'm getting a call. Uh, Aaron, do you want to end the show? Okay. I'll let you know that thank you for coming. It's been great seeing you all. We look forward to you next time. Be gay, do crimes, pow! Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at S-O-S-E-S C-A. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Is that a, is that a giant can of the blood orange flavored San Pellegrino? No. Or is that alcohol? It's a molten Canadian. Aaron, have you no shame? Right now, no, because I think you took it all and then threw it out. Grump, 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 grump. <laughs> I fucking. This is a storyline of like... the podcast, by the way. <laughs> I, I consumed it like Cronus with the Greek gods. Yep. And eventually your shame will burst out of me and start the Titanomachia. Fucking hot.
What the fuck are we talking about? I don't know, and I'm here. <laughs> You're part of the conversation. I started uh... this conversation, and I don't understand it. But, but really, Mark with my girlfriend has a storyline, and this is the storyline. I have to go back through all the other episodes to figure it out. There's little hints. If you act as a holistic detective, you'll be able to eventually pick up on exactly why Eren is a neck drug aficionado. <laughs>